hard to find these. No, I get that. I get that. And all they're all, most of them are just so positive that you know it's like finding a bad one's just like a needle in a haystack. You know, Co- comments about your videos. Yes, is what you're talking mm-hmm. about right now. No, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You reap what uh, you sow. I I got a comment the other day. I posted a joke, uh, and someone just posted that is a joke on The Simpsons. Oh, because <laughs> in like, like I've heard that. Yeah. Joke? And I, I thought, well, I didn't obviously steal a joke from The Simpsons, but it's not uncommon for people to come up with the same joke. Right, exactly. So I wonder if it was on The Simpsons. Um, I'm trying to go through like 30 seasons of episodes to find it. <laughs> it would be impossible, though. You can ask Chat GPT. I can I I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but it was basically just saying so, like just for clarity, you're you're saying you got a, a mean comment on one of your videos. I did. I got a mean comment yesterday, and it was a gentleman who took the time to say, "Oh gosh, he used big words, so it was like he thought it through." But it was basically saying it was um, uh, not funny and mildly annoying. Um, sorry, Chris. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, he apologized. It's like sorry, Chris. I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry for you. That sorry, but I've got to be honest with you. I'm sorry about that this, was, but that was uh, what character not, was it? It was Stephen. Yeah, Stephen Stevens' character. Yeah, I like it when people say things aren't funny. <clears throat> I think that's that's what he was basically saying. Like this is not funny. Essentially, is what he was saying. But I always just think that's. There's so many other people that think it is funny. How, who are you to say that it's not funny? Yeah. Like, it may not be funny to you, or you could say, I didn't find this funny. That's totally fine. But to just make like a blanket statement saying, this is not funny. It's like, well... Are you saying you don't believe in truth, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> saying we all have our it feels own... Like a lot of it feels like a lot of excuses. I'm saying... I think you're, what if you just... No one can it? just unequivocally say... Yeah. This is not funny. Yeah. I heard Seinfeld say one time, like somebody said, greatest comedian in the world, Jerry Seinfeld. And he's like, that's not true. That That's impossible. No one's the yeah. greatest. There's too many people that like different things. So, yeah. 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 And I love Jerry Seinfeld, but he's not my favorite comedian. So, sure. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's not the best. I mean, he's, he's not your favorite, Adam. Yeah, but that's you just, okay. Whatever right, metric you go by, who has. Who is the wealthiest comedian in the world? Yeah, you could probably, probably say who's the most successful, who's the most financially successful, maybe. Sorry. Oh, you okay? <coughs> okay, Chris took a drink of water. <laughs> Sorry, just wow. trying to make it dramatic. This really got him worked up. Man, oh, what an actor. <laughs> if you're watching this, if you're not watching this, okay. I've never seen someone be so dramatic about getting a little uh, bit of need to, water down the wrong bike. You need to take a five-minute break. That happened to me okay on the there? flight the other day. Adam, do you remember this? When I was – I just – I my head went back or I was like sitting back and I got like some spit that went down the wrong <laughs> pipe and I just immediately started going <laughs> – <laughs> oh, And goodness. it's like this quiet and plane. Quiet- yeah. And a flight, I'm a just like, I, mean, I was like, I didn't want to do the whole like <gasps> gasping thing. So I'm trying to just like suppress the cough and it's just making it worse. Yeah. And I'm just. 
people think I'm having like a seizure or something. And then I just have to start coughing. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it in. And so then I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that whole thing. And I'm yeah, sure everybody on there thought that happened like in the middle, in the middle of a take when you're, you're just going to ruin it for everybody. We if you, it, well, it happens to me all the oh, time. Yeah. I feel like, Oh yeah. Oh, it's like, Oh, I'd walk out, but I can't leave right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a, what I was saying is a plane is just a terrible place to be coughing period because yeah. it already feels like a big COVID tube. And yeah. then when one person starts coughing, it's just like, no, we're all yeah. going to get sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Hey, I just, speaking of this, I thought when we were filming with Chris a few weeks ago, um, the scene that w- part of the, the joke was that the mic was really close to him and it was causing a shadow to be go across mm-hmm. his face. Mm-hmm. And he kept looking off at the boom operator. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't make it through the take. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was really funny. I kind of want to, I kind of want to pull it up and show it. Yeah, sure. Do you have <laughs> I wonder it? If this will work. I was, I'm working on it this morning. Okay. So I went so- through. So, so you guys were shoot, Gary. You guys were shooting a video for Summit. Shooting a video for Summit. It's like a a training video. So Summit's uh, a com- Summit's a company that does AVL for churches, and um, Gary does all their video production. Yeah, let me see if I can. Uh, yeah, and the concept so then, was we were going to do a like a an instructional video that you would have seen in like the nineties. Um. And it, it it is real information, but then we just put like oh, okay. a twist on it where it's like really bad production and just kind of like what you've seen. If you've ever seen like those old nineties instructional yeah. videos or whatever, it's like always bad production and bad music. Oh, man. Okay. Can you guys see my screen? It's coming up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I want oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh man. If you're not watching this, you're already missing out because this scene <laughs> This picture of Chris looks incredible. Let's see. Hopefully you guys can hear. Any owner furnished IT and AVL equipment listed in Exhibit A must be ready and functional by the time our install technicians arrive on the job site. Any AVL equipment that is changing venues needs to be pulled out of the current system and moved to the new one. Where did you guys film this? It's you're like on a church stage or something. Yeah, yeah it was we, a life church. We filmed oh. it in Katusa. Oh, okay. The life church in Katusa. They were kind enough to let us in there. Um. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That that made my my son was Jake was doing the he was operating the boom and it was funny watching him because he couldn't he couldn't take it. But he, he's been talking about that. He's like, when you start editing, you've got to show me that. Oh, that's awesome. That's fun. Uh, you, you mentioned in one of the other podcasts that you had your, your boys, um, who are teenagers, uh, working on set with you. I'm taking my daughter on, uh, the road for the first time for a show this week. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So Luna is four, but, uh, I've got, I've got a gig in Kansas. It's like four hours away and it's on a Sunday morning. So, uh, because we, we've got, uh, Ira, our newborn, who's only two weeks old, 
and I'm doing the show. I was like, just to make it easier for Diana, I was like, why don't I just take Luna with me? Like, it's a church, so it's easy. Like, Lou and I'll stay in a hotel that night, and then the next morning, they know she's coming, so they've got like, you know, they have nursery, and they've got a little friend that she can play with, and Lou's awesome. she's pretty obedient. So, yeah, it's kind of been a dream of mine that when I hit the road that the fam can come with me. So yeah, that's awesome. The first time. So, and she, we got her a suitcase. She's super excited. We told her she's going to go on a, a work trip with dad. Which, oh my God. Did you get her a little that's suit? That's so good. <laughs> a little business suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. That's cool. All right. We got a good episode today. We are answering a, uh, viewers, streamers, a listener's email today, mm. which is all about the storytelling process. And so we're going to be talking about storytelling, uh, joke writing in regards to storytelling, story structure, that sort of thing. And here we go. Go. I'm sorry. I missed my cue for a, what were we supposed to do? Something like <clears throat> I mean, it sounds music, pretty cool. That music sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to the podcast, Risk It for the Biscuit. Listen, if you don't know what this podcast is, then, and why did you start with this episode? But um, I'm not going to spend the time <laughs> talking about, uh, basically, it follows Chris and our journey into comedy and uh, doing it alongside our best pal, Gary. And uh, our podcast is sponsored in part by Northern Creative, which is Gary's video production company. You can check them out at northern.work, as well as the Looney Bin Comedy Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Check out their headliner lineup at tulsa.looneybincomedy.com. We'll talk more about them later. And uh, you guys ready to answer our first? I'd love to. It's not Let's our first, it. Though, but it is our first question. All right. This comes from our good pal, Joy Abad. Hello, Joy. Shout What's up, Joy? Joy? Yeah. Uh, Joy said this. I'd love to hear an episode about what you've learned about the art of storytelling. For me as a writer, it's a bit more applicable. And I know with all your work with Pixar people, you've probably got some killer tips. And maybe as a storyteller, how do you find the punchline? In other words, how can I find more humor to add in to my own writing? Well, thank so, you, Joy. That's a lot. That is that's a lot. A big she question. Said, she said that may be three different subjects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I'd love to hear an episode about what you've learned about the art of storytelling. Why don't we just take that one? Okay. To give people a little bit of context, uh, Gary, Chris, and I all worked at the same church for a very long time, Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And a big part of our job was writing and telling stories, other people's stories on video. And so, uh, Fairly early on, we had to learn, we were just like, is there some sort of structure to the storytelling? Is it, it, you know, do you just get in there and interview people and just see where it takes you? Or is there some sort of like guideline that we're supposed to follow? And a real light bulb moment came for us and has, I think, impacted all of our careers and lives in a really significant, significant way is when we learned the story spine and story mm. structure. Mm-hmm. That um, we're able to use like all the mm-hmm. time for everything, and it's yeah. it's the 
it's the story structure that is used in what is called classical storytelling, which is like predominantly the main style of narrative storytelling. That like you're 95% yeah. of stories are told this way. Every Marvel, Disney, Pixar film is going to be told this way. There's like a, there's like a couple of, there's like a few weird movies that don't follow this structure. I think like life of maybe the life of pie doesn't is kind of a, like avant-garde films don't really follow yeah, that like art house memento or like something that. that's like going back and forth and back oh, yeah. and forth without getting too in the weeds because it can be kind of hard to follow if you're just listening to this we're talking about a storytelling structure that is in its simplest form a beginning a middle and an end <laughs> which mm-hmm. seems like really elementary but is just you know kind of basic storytelling facts and within each of those within each of those parts is kind of like you can break break it down even more or break it out even more uh i feel like we were doing this we just didn't have words for it like we 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 kind of telling people stories you'd learn kind of how it all flowed but we never really were able to to find words to until we went to this this workshop with matthew lund but and it was yeah very eye-opening um so the the first kind of the beginning middle and end kind of the first thing you start with is called the exposition which is where you're just kind of learning about who this person is and what kind of their their normal life is like and what they yep. what they've their dream about or what they want or what they're after um and like then even who they who they are like who what yeah what just kind char- of who, what character are we even talking about yeah exhibition is where you're you're just kind of meeting who this person is and kind of what their world is like. And then the inciting incident is kind of what turns that whole world upside down um, and changes this person forever. Um, and then after that, then and that's where the tension comes. Yeah. That's like where, where everything needed shifts. Um, and then that character is then trying to, regain some sense of normalcy or get back to where they were before the inciting incident. You know, if it's like their kids, kid gets kidnapped or something, then the movie is them trying to get their kid back. Um, uh, so the kidnapping would be the inciting incident. Um, but like what we would talk about a lot of was people, you know, maybe having like addiction issues or, or things like that. And it's just like, well, you can trace it back to like, um, you know, a, a trauma, um, you know, a, a, a mom died and just to yep. deal with that pain, you enter into the story. That's the, the part of the story called the progressive complications, which is where you're, you're progressively trying to fix the problem. Um, and you're, un, you're just making it worse. Typically um, it's progressively getting worse and worse and worse, um, which is raising the stakes, I think, or at least raising the tension. Yeah. Um, and then you get to um, the uh, the crisis climax. This is basically where finally, like the final straw. Um, you know, if it's uh, it's like the showdown. If it's if you're continuing with the metaphor of if it's about a kid being kidnapped, then it's like this is like the showdown with the person and the kidnapper. And it's like we're about to get the kid back, and there's some big standoff or whatever. It's like it's like the the highest crisis level uh or the 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 craziest part of the story um and then 
after that, then you go into uh, would be the resolution, and that's where the tension is released and the story is brought to a resolution. Um, and then you have the moral of the story after that. So the resolution and moral are usually pretty short in comparison. Progressive complications is usually the longest part of the story. That is like the, the that that story spine is uh, the probably has been, has been the most significant tool that yeah. we've been given as storytellers and writers and comics mm-hmm. uh, ever. I, w- I would yeah. say I use it. Oh yeah. I, I, I use it almost every single day. Yeah. It's a recipe for success. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if I'm working on a story that isn't working, like, cause it's not like a, like if I was just writing a story out or whatever, and if I feel like it's not working a lot of times I can break out each part into that story mm-hmm. structure and realize I'm missing a part. Right. That. Yeah. I'm not doing one part due diligence. A couple of things that I learned early on was, um, one, uh, and these were all from our, our pal, Matthew Lund, who used to work at Pixar and is a story, t- a story, uh, uh, a director now. Um, he said, oh, the reason a lot of movies are boring is because the progressive complication isn't getting progressively complicated. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, just things are happening, but they're not, they're mm-hmm. not raising the stakes. So that's, yeah. that's, that's one thing that makes a, a, a story or a movie boring. Uh, Another one is that in the exposition, you don't find anything that that the audience really cares about. So I think a really good example is just the character of Superman. It can be really hard to care about what he wants because he can kind of have anything and he's pretty indestructible. I mean, even in like the DCU, he he dies and he comes back. And so it's like, there's not, you know, like with Marvel, which I don't know if you followed this, Chris, but like Iron Man died. He's not coming back. Like he's gone. So it's, it can be hard to, uh, to buy. You, you're not going to buy into a story. <laughs> you're not going to buy it. Did you just kiss this guy? For Iron Man. Yeah, it, it's hard to be interested in a story if you don't care. And Andrew Stanton, <laughs> the guy who directed Wally has this great TED talk on online that is, he just says the number one rule of storytelling is make me care. And the way that you make someone care is, is by uh, allowing them to connect with what the hero or the protagonist in your story wants. I mean, I think the basic, if you can just boil it down of like, you need, you need some tension, like you need something at stake in a story. And then you need, the character to change. Like if there's no change in the mm-hmm. character, it's kind of like, well, why did we, yeah. you know, there, why did we watch that? And when they're the same person, uh, cause that was always a really good litmus to, test for figuring out if we had a story, is there a story yeah. here? I, don't, I mean, this, yeah. this event happened that was kind of interesting, but like, is there a story? Well, this is yep. like, did the person change? Are they different than they used to be? Well, now if they are, and you're like, okay, there's a story there. We just have to uncover it and figure out what happened that changed them and how that all worked. Another, I guess another tip is, I don't know who, Adam, you probably know who said this. Um, I feel like it was Pete Doctor. Maybe he said, like, don't give people two plus two. Give them one plus one plus one plus one. 
I don't uh, remember this. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe so we'll- basically slowly dole out information. Oh yeah. Ask questions and answer them. Don't just throw everything at people, mm-hmm. people at once. And that's part of the progressive complications too. But, um, like take your time with stuff rather than just, cause if you ask, uh, if you, if you just answer everything all at once, nobody, you're just, you're done. That's, mm-hmm. that's over. Like mm-hmm. one of the movies that kind of breaks this rule of the, um, resolution, not only, usually it's like a seven minutes like left in the movie when yeah. things get resolved, but like the chef with John mm-hmm. Favreau, Oh yeah. Great movie. Say his name. Uh, we watched that movie in Hawaii. That's just a little braggy, braggy statement. Just no, and that. It's like the last 45 minutes is the resolution hmm. in that movie, but you still cared about what they were doing. So it worked for me. It did a good example of why it like the resolution. Once the resolution hits, it's kind of over. I saw guardians of the galaxy three yesterday but I could only fit it into a certain amount of time and the previews were too long. So I had to leave early to go pick up <clears throat> Luna from school. Um, and I made it to the resolution and there was more movie left and I was like, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't need to see the rest of this mm. because I, I know how it ended. Um, you were Gary, you were saying change and that's a really big part of storytelling Uh, it's hard to really have a complete story if the protagonist doesn't change and learn something. And we have learned that there really is only two kinds of change. You either learn to have courage to do something, or you learn to care about something or someone or both. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find any story or film that has a change that's different than that. I haven't found it yet. And I mean, I didn't come up with this, but it seems to be solid. Yeah. That's a Pixar thing, isn't it? Well, that's because it takes that, 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 that uh, rule is a Pixar thing, isn't it? That you learn courage. I learned it from, I learned it from Pixar guys, but I don't know if they, I don't know that they came up with it, but yeah. So I I think this is really interesting and we can probably, I mean, uh, Joy in her email had several, basically several parts there. So we could definitely break this up because we're running out of time. But I think, um, you know, you might be listening to this and be like, you guys are comics or writers. Like this isn't very funny. Something Nate Bergazzi says, the comedian is if you're not saying something funny on stage as a comedian, say something interesting. So I think that regularly, my experience with with watching comics, uh, newer or local comics, the problem with bits that they do that are story-driven typically have to do with uh, how interesting the story is or the structure of the story. And so often, whenever I'm writing a new bit, I'll just write the story out first. And I heard Bert Kreischer talk about this on Mike Probiglia's podcast recently, that uh, he will just tell, if he has a new story, he'll just tell the story on stage. And hopefully um, he can find some jokes in it as he mm-hmm. as he moves forward. I think the majority of his writing he does on stage. But mm-hmm. um, this is like a, it, it seems like, well, it's not, you know, just telling a story is like not that funny but it is a crucial part of being able to turn a story into a bit. I mean, do you, 
Would you feel that way, yeah. Chris? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think editing is a huge part of being a good storyteller because it's, I, I struggle with this a lot. If I'm just off the cuff telling a story, you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, this is true that I tend to just talk too much or I say too many details or whatever. So I have to, I have to really like work to go, what is actually what needs to be said and what can I get rid of? How do I tighten this up and make it not lose any of the information, but just use less words, economy of words, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, And for us, like when storytelling and all this kinds of having like a structure like this, it just really helps you to be able to get down to what actually just needs to be said and not go on rabbit trails and all this. Do you there one one other kind of rule we always followed was was balancing facts and feelings. Yeah. Mm. Um I always I always said that facts make it interesting but feelings connect your audience like make mm. you care. Give it Do you heart. feel like that rule kind of would apply to stand up or comedy? Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Like I I think yeah. I think I have found I have found that a lot of times the jokes will come from the way that I feel in mm. that situation mm. more so than the facts. I can't think of an example facts right aren't now. Facts are funny, but it's a good, it's, it's interesting. It's, an it's almost like the facts setup. are the setup. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you do get funny facts. Like I've, I've been working on this bit about, I, I saw this guy raking rocks. Like he was just like, it was his job to rake rocks. And mm-hmm. I think that is a funny job. And so that's like a, that's like a that's like a factual yeah. thing. That's funny. Um, yeah, but it's a hard the, job. That's what it is. Say? It's a difficult job. He, he was like sitting down doing it with his hand, and I was just like. But then, like as I watched <laughs> them, as I watched them, because I was at a stoplight, I realized I was like, wait a second, he's using another rock to rake those rocks, and I was like, oh, I don't think this guy is. I don't think that's his job. I think he's a. I think he's homeless. So he, just, he was just mm. playing. So I think he's just running around with these rocks. So then I felt, so then I felt silly. But then, like as I kept going, I realized like he was actually doing a really good job. And so I was like, maybe this is his job. <laughs> maybe this is- was he one of those like uh, what are those little like little rock gardens? Was he you know making it zen or doing yeah, something like that? Kind, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So, yeah, but all that to say, like. I do think that you can find humor in the facts. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have that sure. whole story about Batman, how my grandma was watching the movie Batman. And I said, you're watching yeah. Batman. And she was like, no, this is a movie about a detective guy. That's a funny fact. Like she didn't yeah. realize she was watching the dark Knight. but I do think I find the humor coming out of like the way that I feel about a situation. Yeah. I, I think the facts and feelings helps. It, it, I think it helps, especially if you're wanting it to, for something to feel more heartfelt. I think divulging how something made you feel is more, I don't know. It's more like a heart connection with the audience to like, to, to make you be more endeared to endear yourself to the audience. I think. Yeah. Um, they can relate to how it, it, you feel. Maybe they don't relate to the exact fact of the thing, but they can relate to how that made you feel. Um, so I feel I feel like you're yeah, right. And, Gary, in the sense like the feeling is what people connect to if they can't the facts. Totally. Um, sorry, I was interrupting you, Chris. I, oh, I didn't fine. want to forget this though. I uh, in stand up, one of the biggest rules is is 
get the audience to like you. Mm. And often that comes through them just like rooting for you. And like, it's why I, I start so many sets by saying I'm cancer survivor. Cause it's, mm. it's hard not to like a guy who beat cancer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And also what you're talking about, Gary, we learned that from Ira Glass, the host of This American Life. And he just this week did an ep- a new episode on Mike Birbiglia's podcast, Working It Out. And he talked about that again. Mm-hmm. So if you if you really want to learn even more about this, then you can check out his podcast. I thought of another example. I, I have this I have this joke about how um, I, uh, I learned a, a little, uh, uh, potty training tip for kids is, uh, I read place a full length mirror in front of your child's toilet. And when they see the, the reflection of themselves going to the bathroom, it'll give them confidence in themselves. And then I, one morning got up, went to the bathroom and I was sitting on the toilet and that mirror was still there. And so I just got this like terrible reflection of what I looked like taking a poop. Did the opposite. <laughs> And it did the, and then that was it. Like the feeling I had was like, oh, this is, this is, I look terrible. This does not look good. And this does not make me feel good about myself. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's a, that's probably a good example. And that's got both like the factual thing that happened is, is pretty funny that you would see a reflection of yourself taking a poop. But then also like, mm-hmm. how does that make me feel? Well, it's not a great way to start the day. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. So that's that's nice. That's a nice little tie-in. Probably good. Or example. what is it? If it is a great way to start the day, what does that say about you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. I am. Yeah. Look how good I look taking the dump. I look good even <laughs> taking the dump. Yeah. Look how good I look. Good. My, my pants are on my ankles. This is great. <laughs> No, I always think that fantastic. is the most vulnerable position to be oh. in. No, that's I why I hate right. going to the bathroom in the woods. I hate it. I hate that's one of the that happened. Thing in a, hate is the that most about, a lot to you. Well, going to on I go on these mountain trips and go backpacking up and climb a fourteener every year, and it's very oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And the biggest, pro, like the one thing I hate the most is dealing with that at some point on the trip it's i'm gonna have to take a dump in the woods i always have flashbacks of jurassic park when the guy's in the bathroom sitting on the toilet and the all the walls fall down and then he just gets scooped (laughs) right oh yeah i don't know if you noticed but uh for the listeners i i want chris and gary and i to go on a retreat with a couple of our other buddies and when i I hate camping. You guys know that. And when I texted you guys, what do you think about going on a, like a three night retreat? I don't know if you noticed how quickly I said, not camping. I'm not interested in going camping because <laughs> I just fully expected Gary to be like, Oh, we can take my camper. Yeah. It's like, that's not what I'm looking for here. That's not You've never even been to a camper. That's true. I just, it's totally I'm, different than a tent. It pro- I'm sure you're right. Sure <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a bathroom and a shower. That's a good point. Yeah. Beds. I think it's the sleeping in the same one room with five other guys that I just, the, everybody's going to be snoring. I'm not into mm-hmm. that. Oh man, the AC is so loud. Can't oh, okay. hear. That's fair. It's great. We're, Our, we're leaving today to go camping. Oh, that's right. Where are you going today? Excited. We're going to Robber's Cave. Oh, that's not, in Arkansas, right? I've been there. I have been there with No, you. it's that in Wilberton, Oklahoma. 
Maybe I haven't been there. Have I been there with you? I thought Robert's Cube was in Arkansas. Devil's you Den. Sure the- Devil's Den. That's where we went. Oh, we went that's Den. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Well, hey, I think we're probably going to get more parts out of this episode or, or out of this, not out of this episode, out of this theme. And so yeah. um, we will uh, we'll cap it there. Hey, big shout out to our sponsor, Looney Bin Comedy Club in Tulsa. Uh, thanks for sponsoring our podcast. Hey, if you want to go see awesome comedy in Tulsa, Oklahoma at a premier comedy club, then check out Tulsa.LooneyBinComedy.com and you can check out the headliners that they've got coming up in 2023. And if you go, there's a very good chance I will be at one of those shows. In fact, it's not totally set in stone yet, but very close. Chris and I are going to be doing a special show there this fall. Uh, We're looking at September. And so we'll keep you updated. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost, almost completely in the bag. So that's going to be really fun. Um, If you would like to follow, uh, if you want to help the podcast, please share it with a friend. You can of course like and subscribe online, um, but sharing it with a friend is the best thing that you could do for our little podcast. Uh, If you would like to follow any of us, our comedy or our work, you can follow me on all the socials at Hey Adam Bush. Chris is at Chris Much Comedy, and you can follow Gary at Northern Creative on Instagram uh, for your video production needs. Um, And uh, check out uh, oh, last but not least, I got, I'm opening for Dustin Nickerson on August 26th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it's a big show that I'm very excited about. My pals will be in attendance. And so you can check out those tickets at DustinNickerson.com and, uh, come see us clean show. It's going to be great. And I, I think that's what I got. I think that's it. That's what I got. All right. That's awesome. How about, right. uh, how, how about, how about, uh, we always ask Chris, Chris to in the episode, but how about Gary ends the episode? Woo. Hmm. No pre- No See one's ya. listening at this point, so no See pressure. See ya. That's it. Next. <laughs> On to the next. How about a? Could you give us a? How about, how about a, sound, a, a sound effect? A what? A sound effect. Say... <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I had snot come out of my nose. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, that's Ooh. great. Oh, that's All right. Okay. I'm going to cancel. Stop recording. Okay. Bye. Bye.